The New Age Christianity Podcast is brought to you by Hello, New Age Christian family. This is Austin Fletcher. You're listening to the New Age Christian Podcast, and this is episode number 87. Today, Kat Wilton is back with me in the studio, and we are doing a pre-Ayahuasca retreat interview of each other. So we are both going to an Ayahuasca retreat or a weekend in uh, southern Michigan, and we are going with Kayleen Hale as well. And we thought, you know what, we should do an interview before we go to kind of explain explain what ayahuasca is, what our expectations are, why we're doing it, and so on and so forth. So uh, this episode, we get into a lot of those things. We also get into a little bit of a discussion about uh, the openness of consciousness and our take on drugs and things like pot and ayahuasca and LSD and whatnot. So hopefully you enjoyed the discussion. Uh, we had some good laughs and we are looking forward to next week when we share the other side of our trip. All right, everybody, here we are back in the studio with Kat Wilden. Say hello, Kat. Hi, everybody. And we are here doing a pre-ayahuasca episode. <laughs> and uh, I was going to say interview at first, but I realized that I'm also doing it, so I guess we'll just interview each other. Let's do that. Bye. All right. So, um, ayahuasca. And for those who have no clue what that is or even how to spell it, I think it's A-Y-A-H-U-A-S-C-A. Yes, that is what spell check says on my phone. Ayahuasca. Ayahuasca. So, <laughs> if any of you are fans of Joe Rogan then you know what this is because Joe Rogan is like an ayahuasca, uh, I don't know, uh, proselytite. Is that the right word? I don't know. Isn't that what they check for you for when you get a certain <laughs> That's age? That's the prostate. Okay. <laughs> he is a huge fan of ayahuasca as well as DMT in general. He actually did a whole um, documentary on Netflix on DMT. I still uh, need to watch that one. Um, it's called, I think it's called The Spirit Molecule. Do I need to know that before I do this? I mean, we could watch it after the episode, after we record. Anyways, ayahuasca, what is it? Do you have any clue? I mean, I don't go do stuff like this without <laughs> looking, it in, <laughs> looking into it first. So it is, a, it is a plant out of South America. It's a root that they mix with a bush. And make a tea that you drink. So it's. A, I have those written down. Yes, we, yeah. ayahuasca vine, mixed with the chacruna leaf, or it's a it's a shrub that they and I know they use the leaf for yeah. it. And the actual the DMT actually comes from the leaf, not from the vine. Really? Yeah. So the uh, <laughs> we're getting way ahead of ourselves. We are going to do a spiritual ceremony with a hallucinogenic tea. And a shaman. And a shaman that we will... In an Airbnb, so... <laughs> yes, super spiritual Airbnb. It's a tea that you drink, and we'll get into more details, but the general gist is that you drink the tea and have a experience. And it's not just a drug trip, although you are tripping, apparently. Yeah, for like hours. 
like up to five hours. Yeah. Which kind of gets into why they make the tea, but we'll get there in a second. And the whole point being that when you have the right scenario, instead of just having this recreational drug trip, you're actually having a spiritually guided experience that has developed quite a reputation for being a very, very powerful transition uh, tool mm-hmm. in people's lives. Like a deeper look into your self, really. It seems right. like. It's kind of been one of those things that historically has been around for thousands of years with the different native tribes in, I guess, the, the lady we're taking it with. She's had five different types of ayahuasca ceremony. She said there's a Brazilian type, mm-hmm. Peruvian, uh, I think there's Chilean, and I know there's Costa Rican, and then she, I think she said Hawaiian. Really? Yeah. Hmm. We'll have to ask her. Yeah. That there's different types of um, plant mixtures and ceremonies, but that it is a very spiritually heavy tradition. It's not, again, it's it isn't just going to right. let me ask you like what has your because i have my own stories of people's response when i tell them what i'm doing this weekend right um i'm curious what what do people say when you try to explain to non like not everybody's quite so spiritually adventurous and tenacious as we are right and so when you try to explain what we're doing this weekend what are the responses you get from people well, we've laughed about this one of the responses that we've both gotten yeah from people is basically the thought that we're just going to get high and clothing optional and literally had a dude ask me at work like so you're just gonna go have like an orgy or something and it was a legit question yeah no they're serious they don't understand why you would i i don't and it's almost sacrilegious knowing our intentions. We're like, I know it's it's offensive, really. It's like if you had any idea, like what we're doing to prepare for this, what our intention is going into it, that you're just equating it to something so base. Base, I guess. Yeah, is the best word for. It. I'm I am offended. <laughs> I've only had a few people. I think you've had more people say that than I. I only had the one guy. A lot of people know me. From a spiritual standpoint, so a lot of people are like, "Oh, you're finally doing it, huh?" Oh, yeah. I'm like, uh-huh. "Uh huh," <laughs> and they're it. like, "Yeah, I figured that was happening someday." But the people who don't know me in that level, especially you know guys at work and stuff, um, I actually was talking to some of them today. One of them's actually really interested in doing it. Mm-hmm. He's been through quite a bit, um, has struggled with a lot of uh, different depression and stuff like that. And so, um, as we get into one of the things that you can use ayahuasca for is it has become very famous for helping people with high anxiety, high levels of depression, uh, suicidal thoughts, PTSD, addiction, addiction. Universities are now starting to study hallucinogenics. The best explanation that I heard for ayahuasca and some other hallucinogenics is that when you consider the neural pathways of the brain, mm-hmm. that let's say something happens in your day and it triggers you. And what happens is your brain is so used to taking that trigger and this person said X, therefore your brain immediately equates it to Z down the line. Mm-hmm. And Every time somebody says X, your brain immediately equates it to Z because you have a neural pathway that you think that's how depression works. Right. I would imagine even just from like manifesting 
maybe we don't want to get into that, but like to creating your own reality, even just beliefs that you have that you can't quite get rid of or get past. I guess it's the same thing as a trigger. It's just, it's less serious than depression and suicidal ideations and stuff like that. It's like, even just... Well, thought, thought patterns. <laughs> yes, right? thank you. Thought patterns is a more esoteric way to say neural pathways. Um, I would say, and, and, and neural pathways being the scientific definition of how energy travels through your brain. But the reality is, is that you think the same things when things happen in your life. And that's how anxiety, depression, PTSD, that's when somebody who's been in war hears when a car backfires, yeah. their brain says, duck, you're getting shot at, mm-hmm. right? And it doesn't matter how many times they tell themselves, no, I'm not getting shot at. It is the neural pathway. So what hallucinogenics and DMT in particular are being studied for right now is that it's as if if you ever had gone sledding down a hill and I have a, a, a public hill where there's been lots of people try and try as you might you're eventually just going to end up sledding down the same root in the snow that everyone else sleds down mm-hmm. so that is that neural pathway no matter what happens you're going to eventually find a specific thought patterns that just you cannot get out of i mean there's even the saying like i'm in a rut like Mm -hmm. you just you get into it even in regular life too so and ayahuasca and dmt and these types of experiences have been likened to fresh snowfall on that sledding hill the idea that you have tried and tried as you have you haven't been able to think new thoughts and that a neural reset or a fresh snowfall, uh, literally physiologically in your brain, they're studying that neural pathways can be newly formed after these types of experiences. So that's from a scientific standpoint. And it is being proven, it's being studied. I mean, it is, mm-hmm. there have been multiple people, uh, I know someone who has claimed that ayahuasca saved their life. And it's not an unheard of claim like, yep, I was depressed, I was suicidal, I had PTSD, I had high anxiety, I went and had this retreat, and everything is different. And I've not heard anybody say, oh, I just had this experience where I just know that Jesus came and talked to me and I had this amazing experience. It's usually just been, no, my experiences were pretty you know, interesting or whatever, but the thoughts they've been trying to think all that time, it's like suddenly they now have space to flow. Yeah. Even if you're trying to think new thoughts, you're not getting pulled back down into that rut that's so worn into your, your right. pathways and stuff. So it's it's not that ayahuasca is Jesus. I know other people who say it has produced an amazing life-changing experience, but a lot of people that I've talked to, it's that the ayahuasca itself was great, but that the mind that they went there with is suddenly it's like it's working again. I would like that. I want one of those. Which, we're kind of all over the board. So, um, how did, you heard about ayahuasca through me, right? Yeah. Yep. Well, I heard about it through listening to, I think it was London Real, if I remember right. Actually, I think it was through Christopher Teasdale, who told me about it through London Real. I don't want to... If I'm wrong on who it is, forgive me, but I think it's London Real who does a podcast. I can't remember his actual name. That's just the name of his podcast. Oh, I was like, I don't know. 
and he was a soldier or something like that and he went and did ayahuasca and it totally changed his life he went back to england actually started his podcast quit his job everything like that and has we should have warned our bosses before we right a lot of people that i do know who have experienced ayahuasca and i've studied my research i mean it does absolutely create changes in people's lives are you worried um concerned I know of a friend of mine has expressed worry <laughs> <laughs> that I would come back different. Yeah. I don't, are you worried? No, I'm curious. Like, it would be interesting to see how, like, experience what it would feel like to come back so vastly different. Because I, I know people that have done it and they come back very different. And so it's like, well, I kind of like who I am. <laughs> I don't really want to get rid of it or change on purpose, but... If there's a deeper, you know, understanding, I want that. I don't, I don't know. I guess. Am I worried about you being different or me? Either or. No, because I mean, this is, I think that we're both kind of on this journey towards discovering our like truest authenticity. And that's what this sounds like it is, is kind of like this deep, deep delve into self and I want to meet that person. I want to know those parts of myself. And I think that we've done so much spiritual and personal digging and stuff on our own anyway. This just feels like a notch up in that. And maybe stuff that we can't get because of our neural pathways or because it's not something that we can grasp consciously at the moment. So I'm not worried. I feel like we would still be friends afterwards. <laughs> And I hope, I hope you have a good experience. <laughs> I'm not worried. And not because I'm already good enough. Ayahuasca is not going to help me much or anything like that. Mm. I think people could go in with that kind of attitude. You know, I'm not broken. Therefore, you know, it's going to be me. Then yeah. she crushes them just to make right. a point. She doesn't so, seem like the type. The plant entity. <laughs> yeah, they do. Uh, the shamanic traditions mm-hmm. call ayahuasca a she. And, yeah, and that they, it's, it is a a spirit the being. spirit of the plant i guess which if you understand i don't know if i ever did an episode on how demons and everything work and the idea of it's not a demon consciousness no ayahuasca is not jesus but it's also not the devil no it's <laughs> i wanted to clarify just that. the consciousness of beings yeah demons angels stuff like that that if enough people experience the energy of it that this energy known as ayahuasca could absolutely become personified humans do that energy. we, we do personify that. everything Everything, yeah, it's funny. And if enough people do it, mm-hmm. that that personification could could actually become a an energy that can stand on its own. Agreed, as a collective consciousness of creators, that we do that all the time without realizing it. We've created a lot of <laughs> a lot of really bad things too. But well, and so to that end, calling ayahuasca a she mm. doesn't bother me. I, absolutely, I mean, there's been peoples. Uh, engaging with this she for a couple thousand years. It's so, really cool. Yeah. I'm excited, kind of. Yeah, I'm pretty yeah. excited. Well, the one, main reason I'm not nervous is because I'm not doing it out of just blind curiosity. I'm doing it because I feel led to do it. Right. That's a big part of it. <laughs> it's kind of a big part. It's a big part of it. Like, yeah, we don't really do anything unless... I mean, we've had a, an episode on that about not waiting till you hear the big booming voice to do anything, but big things like this that are kind of a little scary or and a big expensive. deal. It's and expensive. Cheap. It is expensive. 
we don't just jump into like right. we definitely have had our own communications on on heading into this from spirit and stuff like that and so I don't feel like spirit would lead us into something that was destructive that wasn't for our highest good even if it's even if it's bumpy coming out of it even if we have to reconfigure parts of ourselves that we thought we knew and now we have a, a deeper understanding that we'll get there like I do believe it's for our highest good mm-hmm. so yeah I'm not worried in that sense either yeah I mean that that sense of peace and releases there there's a nervousness for sure just because i have seen the results and i would say the results they're not bad that is not the quantification it is the results have been relatively drastic in people that i've seen Mm -hmm. and what it has done if i could summarize the results and all of the people that i've come across that have done it it is that it gives you freedom to be more authentically you which if you go into it and you're not one that is genuinely very authentic a lot of times it can mean that you come out and people who know you may not be may not be used to you being like blunt yeah and direct or opinionated in any way and so that authenticity which we all have inside of us we all have stuff we would like to say but we don't we all have have opinions and and mm-hmm. for some reason, ayahuasca gives people permission to voice those things. I mean, heaven forbid that they don't just roll over and be quiet. And so that's great. But for people who aren't normally those in your life, it's like, whoa, what happened? Like, mm-hmm. And it takes some time to recalibrate. And in some cases, I think that recalibration is it's kind of that pendulum swing that you come out of an experience where it's like you, you finally feel your power mm-hmm. a bit. And you can maybe overwield it a bit. Yeah, but that makes sense. I mean, that's well. It's, I mean, it's for sure. If you also, if you spent your whole life being quiet, and now you realize, like, holy shit, like I haven't needed to be quiet this whole time. You can say shit. It's fine. I know. <laughs> Just being blunt. So, anyway, it's been really interesting. The couple people that I know that have experienced this have definitely come out very different. So, and they're still working with it, still integrating into them cells really like that's the reason we're doing this pre-ayahuasca so that there's the documentation of who we used to be right. <laughs> <laughs> but it is one of those like so bye mom i love you bye, she's mom. i mean she's like do you think you'll still love me after ayahuasca <laughs> i'm like oh jeez. <laughs> no i no i could just still, kidding yeah. kidding kathy listens to this podcast i think most Maybe. of the episodes oh she I know she's listened to a few. Yeah. No, I sent her a text. I'm like, I'm, so, I'm pretty sure you're very lovable. lovable. Yes. We'll she'll still love you. Mm-hmm. So according to a video, there's a video on YouTube by Spirit Science. I think it was the video. There's like five different levels of experience that people can expect. Not that you get all five, but that it typically kind of is categorized in kind of five different types. And I... We'll maybe elaborate more on these when we get back for the next episode. But the idea anywhere from like having, I know some people who have seen, it's pretty common feedback that people have this um, visions of like geometric shapes and, you know, all sorts of uh, sacred geometry. Okay. There are those. Is there going to be a test? (laughs) Geometry test? Yeah. No. 
I don't think so. Uh, New Age Christianity's logo is a sacred geometric seed of life. Yes. Mm -hmm. And it's pretty cool when you study it. Have you ever studied it? Yeah. No, you put me on the spot. It's fine. I mean, Um, mean, not much. Sacred geometry has not been on my radar so far. So I had a whole season of it. When I'm ready to, I guess. It's legit. Cool. I have some books that I've not read. (laughs) I love those. (laughs) A lot of books you've not read? Boxes. I have boxes of books I haven't read. I collect them as I feel led to collect them. I have not felt led to read them yet. So I don't feel bad. Some of them you do. Some of them I do, and then I read them. Because you have them. Huh? Because you have them. I know. It's I'm squirreling them away for when Spirit's like, okay, now it's time. You're already ready. You have like three books on it. Good luck finding which box they're in. <laughs> <laughs> so I know some people that had like experiences with sacred geometry. That's one of them. Uh, out of body experiences where people like will travel or whatever. Another level of experience is one where you actually end up having a conversation with like a lot of people will report having conversations with Jesus or Buddha or a relative or something like that. I think there's one other type. And then the last one is actually really interesting in the video. According to the tradition is the most sought after and the most rare, which is actually an experience where you drink the tea and you just experience a deep, sense of meditation Aww. and nothing special at all that's very anticlimactic yeah exactly and they say it's um one to be able to drink that tea and we didn't even talk about purging i know well we didn't get to the what we're looking forward to part <laughs> right so but if you just drink imagine drinking that tea and none of that happens they basically would say that you're there's what you need and they they teach that that's actually changing you on a dna level that it's actually a body change and not a mental change. And a lot of the traditions actually use ayahuasca as a medicine, as a physical medicine hmm. for that reason. So that's interesting. I'm the, not, I mean, there was another one other type of experience. I guess I I'll take it. it. Yeah, I feel like there was another. There was five, and I only remembered the four. But one of the major points is, one of the major questions is going in with. A heavy intention or going in with a measure of openness like what is your expectations it's weird because i i'm open actually if we need questions to like go in with to like focus on that as we're going in to help along the meditation i definitely have things that i'm that i would hope for like i believe that i've talked on here about like having trouble connecting to my physical body because of spirituality being such a like of high importance to me it's affected my ability to exist physically and i would love help connecting on a very deep level with my physical body which would be cool there's other patterns in my life that i would love insight into so i guess my main like overarching goal if there is such a thing is a deeper understanding like if there is something that's holding me back from becoming from becoming I would like to understand what it is. Even if I don't get all of the answers, if I can understand what things I need to work on when I'm awake again, that's cool. But I guess just a deeper understanding, whatever is going to help me become the bestest version of myself. So if it's an understanding of 
how the universe works, if it's an understanding of God and, you know, or myself or whatever. So So you're pretty open. I'm very open. Yeah, I don't. I have things I would love to work on, but I always have things to work on. So she can pick one of those or like whatever she has for me. I'm interested because it's hard to know what you need. Yeah, there is definitely a, a, an aspect inside the tradition that base, that says trust the process. Mm-hmm. And you may think you need to work on X, and ayahuasca knows that X is way too far down the alphabet for you. Oh. <laughs> and you need to start with A. No, honey, you're still in kindergarten. <laughs> <laughs> right? And it's like, uh, yeah, you think you're up here, but actuality, you never dealt with this over here. So I'm personally, I'm going in for... I'd say two major reasons. One is there's a huge, huge rebirth in me in the last year. And between relational stuff and professional stuff and even physical health stuff, I'm enjoying the rebirthing process, but I'm hoping to be able to just let go of old Austin. And just any sense of regret, any sense of guilt, any sense of pain, any sense of, of a lack of peace, that there is a reality towards um, letting go. So one of the major centers for doing ayahuasca down in Costa Rica is known as Soltara, and it's actually the Peruvian word for let go. And so there, it is a major tradition, major part of the tradition of that we hold on to stuff. That's why PTSD exists. That's why depression exists. That's why anxiety exists. And so letting go. And it's not just any one thing. I want to literally let go of of everything. In the old way of thinking, the old way of being, been really pushing into the pleasure of just enjoying life and enjoying golf. And, and I've questioned, you know, I enjoy doing this these podcasts. But even having been a lifelong teacher and learner and everything like that, like I am, I'm very open to a whole new way of being. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think in order to fully do that, there is a measure of letting go of the old way of being that I don't know. I have sense of where certain areas where I might carry some energies that I don't want anymore, but I just trust the process. Um, and the other one would be to drill more down on, I know I have th- financial, I mean, I did, I've done a whole law of attraction series. I've done episodes on financial stuff. And those of you who have listened to the law of attraction series, I would tell you that this ayahuasca, the timing of it here during COVID and how it's all, the timing of it has been so out of our hands and it's been really, it was supposed to happen months ago. We just found out today that there's going to be some other people there that are part of this uh, stuff to let go and everything like that. Like it's, it's an interesting dynamic that we're just trusting the process. I'm trusting that those things are there. But in my series on the law of attraction, I talked a lot about attracting a, a new financial future. And so there's there's kind of a secondary hope, and that is any trailing or secondary beliefs um, about finances and my professional success. I mean that that I'm still that I'm aware unaware of. Obviously, if I'm aware of stuff, I'm dealing with it. Right. But if I'm unaware of it, that this would either expose it or rid of it and everything like that. And that again is kind of. 
Um, in a way, Austin 2.0 is one of the things that I'm working on and believing that ayahuasca will help with that. So you're going into it hoping to come out a different person, essentially. I mean, you are, you have been, but to... I guess... Like emerge from your... Yeah, let go of the old person. Yeah. Um, if Yeah, if I've been in a cocoon... Mm-hmm. I'm not a caterpillar anymore, but I'm not necessarily a butterfly that's flying yet. So you're like the ones that are kind of soggy. Yeah, super soggy. I'm a soggy butter p- pillar. <laughs> it sounds like a... A soggy butter pillar. A soggy butter pillar. <laughs> is that the title of this episode? Ayahuasca or soggy now. butter pillar? Question mark. <laughs> Ah. Mm. so yeah that's i do feel like that i feel like i've gone through a lot of change but that change is not it's still figuring out how to take flight not to be cheesy with the analogy but please just be cheesy cheese all the way so this butter pillar needs to become a butterfly (laughs) and i can't peacock man you gotta let me fly (laughs) So yeah, that's that is what I'm hoping is, and not that ayahuasca is the fix all. I have a, plenty of other tools at my disposal, but that it will help. It'll yeah, be and that's one of the ingredients for sure. That's what I mean too with just understanding because we both we do our work. Like when we know that there's an issue, we do everything that we know to correct it. That's again where ayahuasca comes in, is part of that. Like hey, let's see if this helps in certain areas but the deeper understanding like if there's something that i need to work on that i'm not seeing yet i know that there's stuff that i've repressed so i'm kind of we can segue into like what we're looking forward to and what we're kind of anxious about or apprehensive mm-hmm. <laughs> so you want to go no go ahead what are you looking forward to oh what i'm looking forward to yeah, just the experience, really. Like, I, I love experience. I love experiencing life and checking things out. Like, oh, we should talk about drugs. Yeah, I figured we'd finish there with kind of We're a gonna finish drugs. Philo- philosophical discussion on open consciousness and okay. drugs and all that. Yeah, okay. So what I'm looking forward to, just for sure, I love knowledge. I love understanding um, I love working on myself and growing. I enjoy challenges, and I'm looking forward to, I guess it is letting go. There's stuff that I want to let go of that I don't know how to. Like, mm. I've done everything that I can. I, I'm like, okay, I've worked through that. This is It's just such an old pattern. It is such a integrated and domesticated mindset. Like... Societally, there's things that we that we operate in or quote unquote believe because we're programmed to, not in a weird conspiracy theory way, but like as children, like oh, this is how the world works, and I don't think it is. A lot of the things I don't think are, um, but there's definitely stuff that I need to let go, and I don't know how to. I don't know how to think differently. Mm-hmm. If you've only ever thought one way, I'm looking forward to this now. To like, right. I want to be able to think differently if the ways that I'm thinking are holding me back in any area, which there's areas of my life that are not what I want them to be. So in some ways I am held back by something. So it's right. me. Spoiler. It's me. 
I think for me, I'm looking. I am looking forward to. I've never really had. Um, I've only ever had one experience with any sort of mind-altering anything, and that was I did get high on pot once. We tried really hard. <laughs> Very recently. I've never done so. I've never done any any drugs ever. Um, I, Me neither. I think I had my first drink last November. It's, like I've never done any type Alcohol, of substance. Alcohol, tobacco, drugs, no, nothing. Nothing. Obviously, everyone who listens to this podcast knows that I enjoy bourbon and cigars. Mm-hmm. That's nothing new. But as far as um, pot, which I tried twice and it didn't work. So then I did edibles. And then I think I overdid it. Well... Mm-hmm. That was not fun. I did not enjoy it. I'm not a fan. I wasn't a fan of it. Like, so we tried it as a an experiment. It wasn't like we we we've talked about it. So we decided to try it during quarantine. During quarantine, yes. <laughs> because what else are you gonna do? Actually, the first time we tried it was with Ronnie and his wife Anna. And Ronnie would just by the time they're hearing this episode, they'll have heard five episodes of Ronnie. Oh, so you guys so know who they Ronnie know is who Ronnie right is. now. Right. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> we tried it with them, but I don't know if the stuff they had was just... I don't know. We're both pretty bulky people. And you're kind of built like a moose. So it just took a lot. But the first time we tried it, and we didn't get anything. Right. Well, then Ron and Kaylee, uh, we tried with them. Mm-hmm. And nothing I got a little bit, but I was the only one, and I felt really dumb. <laughs> I'm like, please don't let me be the only one. <laughs> so then the next night during quarantine, the edibles, and I did not, I did not enjoy the experience. It was I, way I, too much. So I think it's because you didn't feel anything, and so you ate more. Yeah, I had four. Yeah, that's too many. I think. I think so as well. Mm-hmm. It was not um, fun though. I didn't like. I think that I would try it again from like a meditative, spiritually experimental point of view which is what we did originally there was the hard part and it was so again pushing into kind of letting go of the old austin when we tried it with ronnie and anna we had a pretty sizable discussion before and and you and i were talking about like wanting to have a spiritual experience and and going in with the right intention yeah and having this whole and ronnie just challenged us and he's like do you know how to just let go of expectations? Anybody who's listened to the five episodes would know exactly where Ronnie was coming from when he just said, what if you just enjoyed it? What if you just didn't have expectations? What if you just... And so... And we were like, huh? (laughs) Right. We've never thought of that. (laughs) And so... But even then, it was kind of funny. We had to chuckle because it's like, so this is still an exercise in not having an exercise? Yeah, we still like, oh, so we have a different intention to sell. I'm intentioning to not have an intention. Yeah. That was a lot of hard work. It didn't work. Neither did the weed. (laughs) Right. So there is a discussion for those who are listening. Like, I know if I were to listen to an episode like this just a few years ago, I would probably have turned it off and like, oh, my gosh. Just a bunch of druggies having a trip. Well, then maybe we should have started with this because maybe they've already turned it off. Well, anybody who's listening to this point might be interested in the philosophical thoughts behind hallucinogenics and the wisdom or lack thereof of opening up your consciousness. Yes, but before we do that, what are you dreading? Oh, the purging. Mm-hmm. 
I just think we need to talk about the purging. So technically, this much DMT is. Oh, I didn't. And this kind of leads into why the the tea mixture. So DMT is actually, it's in almost everything that you eat. It's in, it's all over nature, but it's really really concentrated in the chacruna leaf, and or the chacruna shrub. They mix it with the ayahuasca vine because by itself, your body would throw it up almost immediately. It's that much DMT is actually just poisonous. Oh, fun. But when you mix it with the ayahuasca leaf, there's an inhibitor in the vine that changes the molecular structure of the DMT so that it, um, instead of this super duper um, rapid rise and your crash, body yeah. Yeah, and then crash um, which your body can't even typically handle and it would just you'll just throw it up this actually slows down the uh, the process to where it's more like a, an airplane ride it's a slower takeoff you stay in the air longer and then you land more softly but it's still your body's still not a huge fan of it now physically speaking it's known that you either get projectile vomiting or explosive diarrhea, or both. Oh. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, so everyone gets a bucket. Yeah. Do we get our own bucket? I think so. I hope so, because I don't know how many people are going to be in this one Airbnb, but I doubt there's a bathroom for everybody. Yeah. I think you get a bucket. And then... Our friendship is going to go to like a whole new level after this weekend. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I'll hold your hair back. But in the tradition, they actually teach it's more than just your body can't handle it. It is an actual purging of the energy. So you're like letting go out of your butt. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like the, but like, so anybody maybe that's what Sultara meant. <laughs> anybody's anybody who's studied emotion code knows that you hold energy, emotions in your organs and stuff. Yes. And so. The tradition teaches that it's actually when you're, you know, you're vomiting out anger, you're, you're diarying depression. Like it's literally leaving your body and your body is purging these things. So yeah, the purging part is exciting. Super excited. But I guess the other part I'm a little bit apprehensive about is um, the sharing component because there is... The shaman that leads it, um, there's a kind of a, a debriefing or a decompression part of it. I guess it's a couple hours. Um, well, I mean, if everybody there has to share the right. process. And I'm not apprehensive about that in, in particular because I don't like sharing. Just there are uh, relational components that um, I'm not so sure will be friendly to what it is that I might experience. And so it's one of those, and it's not you. Don't worry about it. Um, I mean, <laughs> but just that authenticity when you're doing it with people, you know, it can be like, I'm not going to say that. So I will, I will see. I'm going to take that by here, but yeah, that was super vague. <laughs> was it yeah. basically the vulnerability component and yeah, having so a the- safe space to be vulnerable? Yeah, essentially, it felt like it was going to be that with the group that we were going with. And we found out that some people from outside the group that we do know will be there. And it is not 
necessarily a safe space, so we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. But those are the be the only. But I mean, we know, like we in within our little group, like Kaylee and you, you, you and myself, we yeah. process well together. So as far as like breaking down what ayahuasca said, you know, we can do that together too. Did I mention Kaylee's going with us? I can't remember if I mentioned that earlier. Is it a secret? No, no. But people who listen to this podcast regularly no, would Kaylee. know who Kaylee is. Mm-hmm. And Kaylee's one of the people who's already done it. We've referenced people we know. Yeah. And she has experienced quite a bit of change. Yeah, she's a different person. Yeah, and she's more bold. She's more blunt. She's more authentic in that. And and people who know her, it's taken some time. Like, whoa, you're you're different. Yeah, she was always really quiet and I won't say timid. I don't. Those just very timid. go with she the just, flow. Yeah, she's just super chill. <laughs> Now it sounds like you're not chill anymore. But I mean, no, it's just, yeah, she's definitely, you can see, you can see the change in her for sure. So. It's interesting. I will be interested to see, okay, so we've seen change in people from doing it once and then reintegrating into life. I'll be interested to see with Kaylee because this is her second time. So like, how do you just keep changing and becoming drastically different? Do you swing back or I don't know. Well, she is sad that she feels like um, she's not finished. Like, even after the first one, she said she felt like there was more. There was more. There was more. Yeah, we know her story. <laughs> yeah. There, there was, was a point at which she, she flat out told Ayahuasca, no, I yeah. don't want to have like, this conversation. Nope. Yeah. So, Kaylee, if you're listening to this episode, we Encourage know. you. <laughs> right? We know. Yeah. <laughs> So, and that's the thing. Hopefully I mean, that's not telling too much of her own. No, it's, I mean, yeah. I think we're being vague enough. But the reality is, I think it's worth bringing up that one part of the process is sharing. So talking about being having a safe space. <laughs> It'll be interesting when we come back for part two, what we have to say about that. The other being ayahuasca. Part me, two of the episode being like, this is the pre-ayahuasca episode, and then we'll do a post-ayahuasca episode. Not doing a part two of ayahuasca necessarily. Right. We'll see how this goes. So, and then the other piece being that ayahuasca is not a forced experience. That in Kaylee's story, she had the opportunity to go through some some things and, and told ayahuasca, no, thank you, I do not want to go there. Right, yeah. And so it did stop. Like, ayahuasca is not rapey. Right. But so. yeah, I think that's why it's why she feels like it wasn't finished though it's it's that's part of i believe part of trusting the process so i'm judging by how it went being high on marijuana i don't know how this is gonna go for me i was not a fan of like i don't like feeling out of control which maybe that's something i need to learn i don't know but well and there's a thing to so five hours of understanding energy and understanding consciousness like the idea of channeling, the idea of opening your mind. I have some pretty, mm. I think, well-founded reservations about doing those things. And it's not that it's not real, and it's not that it's always going to be a demon, but that it is very real, in that when you're messing with your consciousness and your... It could be a demon. It, well, it's just... It, it isn't a joke. And people who just get plastered all the time and they just go on a trip like mm-hmm. I mean I think a lot of them have opened themselves up to things that they I mean don't. we know people that 
have opened themselves up to that. And I, in some of the other behaviors and stuff that these particular people have, they have almost welcoming um, behaviors for demons and darker things. And, mm-hmm. and, and so the fact that I haven't done any type of substance, I'm 30, I'll be 38 next month. And only in the last year, so not until I was 37 years old did I ever try even drinking alcohol. And then six months after that, I tried marijuana because it's legal now. Largely because I feel like I have a group of people that I I can, that I feel safe with, essentially. But Mm -hmm. it has been a spiritual decision to not do that. It hasn't been like I was not sheltered in that way or, you know, whatever. It's very much been a very specific leading to guard my subconscious mind Mm -hmm. um, and not... I don't fuck with it. <laughs> well, that's the, I think there may be people who listen to these episodes that regularly engage with hallucinogenic or semi-hallucinogenic. I don't know what you would call pot. I mean, I think it does mess with the mind. It can. So I think it's on that list, but it's a scale, right? It definitely does something with your, like, I don't know. It definitely of, does something. A lot of people see stuff. So that would be, I think, the definition of hallucinogenics but it's a scale but anybody who does on a regular basis realize that you are there is a thing with your consciousness Mm -hmm. that there are other consciousnesses that would love to have a body to work with and that's called possession and it is you know in all of my undoing of religion I've not undone the realities of spiritual realm And, um, you know, one of the, a really popular teacher in this line of thinking is Abraham Hicks, who's actually a woman who channels Abraham or the, uh, book, Ronnie, I don't know how I feel about that. Ronnie, and that's the thing, I don't either. Ronnie Mm -hmm. even mentioned it in one of our our last episode of Course in Miracles. Oh. the, The author of that channeled Jesus. Oh, really? I yeah. have that book. I have not read it. <laughs> <laughs> I have read it. I have some of Abraham Hicks, too. I'm not in. So, like, there is... This is not an episode or a, a thing saying all that is of the devil and you need to put it away. And it, But it is a, an episode. It is a commentary on consciousness is legit. It's also not saying, like, go have fun and do drugs. Like, there is a legitimate... I don't want to say a danger. There's a legitimate opening, like vulnerability, mm-hmm. of your subconscious mind when you're in a state like that. Like, think of subliminal messaging or hypnosis or something like that. It is talking to those aspects of your subconscious. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't know. Like, if anybody wants to make you squawk like a chicken when you wake up. I mean, have you seen that? That stuff's. I know. You know, people get hypnotized on stage and they bark like a dog. Like, it's not a... It's I, but that's what I'm touching on. Like, I think that that touches the same thing. Absolutely. And the, yeah, and so that's why I've never... I'm like, you know, I'm I'm good. But, so we're not condoning it. We're not saying that you're going to get a demon if you smoke pot. But Just if be you aware. smoke pot, watch out for demons. <laughs> <laughs> Just be aware that you are messing with a very real thing. And going on a trip and getting high is not necessarily just some random 
oh, it's it's harmless. No, it it's mostly usually harmless, but not all the time. To that matter, for that matter, and <laughs> I know people who've gotten uh, demons by getting into a trance-like state during worship. Do I know them? Uh, yes, you do. So <laughs> there's lots of ways to open up your consciousness. Yeah. And this isn't to instill fear. Maybe we should do a whole episode on consciousness because it is a science that I have dedicated years to study. And I say study, obviously I'm not quote unquote a licensed blah, 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 but I have... Where are your degrees? My degrees. Uh, <laughs> this one here. Right, right there. So it's a thing that just know those of you who are listening going, oh my gosh, these guys are going to iOS. We're very aware of the legitimacy and the legitimate things that we're about to engage with. We do feel led to do so. And He doesn't mean demons. No, I don't. I <laughs> meant things as in activities. Thank you for yes, clarifying. Yeah. We're very aware of the legitimate activities that we're about to engage with and we're going in with eyes wide open and i would not do this if i did not feel i to do it agreed yeah it's again coming from a person that doesn't mess with this type of stuff even the marijuana stuff i felt led to do and again if i ever did it again it would be in a very meditative intentional thing because it's such a it's such a strange state it's such a strange state to be in and the people that i know that are regular pot smokers or they like smoke weed on the job i'm I'm like my opinion of you dropped a little bit (laughs) i'm like you feel like this at work how do you how do you function i don't get it so i still love them i was like i don't i don't want to be able to do that for sure i love your answer so we can end with this you some of your co-workers you were telling them today about going to do ayahuasca and Mm -hmm. how you had never really been high or anything like that and I don't drink. And they don't. And you don't drink. And when you do, you don't get drunk. You know, you don't just drink to get drunk and stuff like that. And they asked you, like, well, man, how do you deal with stuff? And your response was perfect. I, I told them, I'm like, I deal with stuff. Like, I don't numb it and pretend it doesn't exist. I deal with it. So I'm actually, yeah. Right. They didn't have a lot to say. They were like, oh. <laughs> like, oh. Right, huh. because that's what that's what pot is for a lot of people. That's what alcohol is for a lot of people. It is a numbing. And I think that that's, that's another part of why I haven't, is that I want to experience life. If it hurts, I want to experience it. If it, if, I mean, because that's where growth comes from a lot of the time. And so you wonder, people that are avid users of this stuff, does that hurt their personal growth? Because they're numbing things that would normally bring in lessons and growth. I mean, again, not everybody is like, I want all of the lessons. Um, not everybody is tenacious in their in their growth. A lot of people are just content, and that is okay. But I do wonder. I think a lot of people, I think that you have the ability, there is the ability, like, I've been drunk plenty of times. I'm not doing it to drown stuff. I'm not doing it to ignore stuff. I'm doing it because I'm having a good time with my friends. So I do think people can get high and just have a good time. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people that kind of consistent yeah. usage where, and, you know, literally your coworkers saying, how do you deal with stuff? It's like, well, obviously your way of dealing with stuff is through burying it and numbing it. Yeah. And this isn't like, a, it's not in any way to condemn anybody that does do that stuff. Like I don't think we... 
I don't judge people. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care what you do. It's just not for me. Like, it's because of my goals for myself and what I want to be and who I want to be. It, does, it doesn't fit in. It doesn't fit. So I don't care if other people do it. I don't. Don't expect me to do it. A lot of people are like, oh, come on. I'm like, no. Yeah. Your pressure doesn't work on me. <laughs> yep. So, and then plus we just we just go big or go home. So it's like, I know. Oh, so we're going to I'm going to go do We're going to trip for like five hours, you lightweight. <laughs> yeah. But you bet your pot doesn't make you get diarrhea. <laughs> Pansy. You're a little sissy. <laughs> Fizzy plant. <laughs> That's not very nice. So, <laughs> gonna have the spirit of marijuana visit us in our dreams. Right? And be like, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, what was it? Uh, uh, a butter pillar. A butter pillar. Yeah. Um, hopefully, we'll not come back as a butter pillar anymore. I feel like we are in the butter pillar stage. Right. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's oh, become I a see, butterfly. Yeah. Okay. We're not caterpillars. We're not butterflies. We're butter pillars. Technically, we would be a. A pod full of goo. A caterfly? No, just goo. We're goo right now. Because they don't even just grow wings. They like completely liquefy. Yeah. And come out a completely different so A caterpillar creature. has two sets of DNA. Yes, one is for the butterfly. Yeah. So there isn't even a butterpillar DNA. Well. So we're goo. Oh, yeah. No more goo. No, because it's going to end up in the bucket. <laughs> oh, gosh. Perfect. That's a perfect spot to end. So hopefully you enjoyed this episode and you will enjoy the next one as our post-Ayahuasca check-in where we share our story. And uh, as always, like, share, subscribe. Uh, if you would consider donating, I'd highly appreciate it. Uh, all of our stuff is on Anchor now. So uh on most of the platforms, you should have a clickable link for donating there, or you can go to newagechristianity.org and check out that site as well. So thank you guys for sharing your time with us, and we look forward to sharing our experience with you next week. Bye.